0: Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. Well, you know that I have passionately believed for a long time that we could solve about 97.5% of the immigration issue in an afternoon on the floor of the House and the Senate because people agree on these things. But the loudest voices tend to drown them out. We have political parties and many politicians who would much rather use immigration as a wedge rather than a bridge to actually solve the problems of the country. And it's time that we get the kind of leadership that we can break through the nonsense, get to the common sense, uh, get out of the gutter of things that are great for fundraising for political campaigns and get to the higher ground and the elevated conversations that can actually solve the problem. Earlier today, I had the chance to speak with Representative John Curtis from here in the state of Utah, who has introduced a bipartisan piece of legislation on immigration. Uh, it's called the Dignity Act. And I asked the congressman first to just tell us what is the Dignity Act? What is it based on?
1: This legislation is a, a comprehensive Top to bottom, look at immigration and how we fix what everybody acknowledges is broken. That's a big swing at the fence. I know that. But I'm really pleased with a lot of the provisions in this. And I think it it does a really good job of addressing the concerns that I hear in the district, top to bottom, everywhere I go, right to left.
0: Yeah, and so as we look at that, uh, I think everyone does agree we have a a broken (laughs) immigration system, Uh, but you've also pointed out that this broken immigration system is also fracturing the country, that it's become one of those wedge issues that, again, both political sides uh, are all too happy to to raise money on or to, to run campaigns off of. Uh, but you're actually getting into some of the specifics in terms of how do we actually address this. And so let's let's jump in. What are some of the key provisions of this uh, Dignity Act?
1: If you were to just say at the most basic level, it takes care of the border. What we've seen the last year at the border, it fixes those problems. And so that's a major piece of it. It, it deals with the, the 10 plus million people who knows exactly how many that are here in an undocumented status. And that's a major component of it. And when we hear a lot about um, the situation with the dreamers and other kind of subgroups of that, and it it deals with that as well. And uh, those are pretty big, major right pillar posts of the dysfunction, all three of those. And I think it does a really good job of addressing all of those.
0: Yeah. And so let's get to that. I, I think everyone can look at the dreamers and say, okay, that's an area where American compassion uh, can actually play in uh, those who came here not of their their own choice or their own ability uh but were brought here as children uh, many that don't speak the language uh of their native country uh, and I think American compassion can can play out there. I want to get to uh some of the the undocumented again whether that's ten million or whatever that is um, You raise something that I think is so significant for us to think about. Uh, I have always viewed America as a redemption story. Uh, That really is the story of our country. And you have brought out that this is one area where maybe we don't play out that redemption story or path uh, like we do in so many other areas. Explain that to us.
1: Well, uh, you're exactly right. If you look at any aspect of our law, we prescribe a remedy for the wrong that's committed. That could be jail time, it could be a sentence, and even in the case of murder and capital punishment, a death, You know, uh, but the law prescribes what you have to do to get right with the law. And, and strangely, we're unwilling to do that in this case. And, and that's caused this huge problem. We've been unwilling to say, this is how you get right for the wrong that you have committed. And uh, it's, it's kind of funny, if you look at, at US law, we do that everywhere you look if you stole a car here's the penalty if you if you shoplift here's the penalty if, right everything we say here's the penalty here's how you get yourself right mm-hmm. and this is the one case where we where we haven't done that and any attempts to do that somehow get pooped as um i don't know an american or right, like anybody that stands up and says look here's how we provide that remedy is somehow slayed as Um, oh, you just want to, you know, you just want to, and I can't, the words are escaping me, but I think you know what I mean. It's a, it's a very vitriol world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think this is, this has so many important parts to that. So talk to us just real quickly of some of those steps. So this path to redemption, uh, give us some of the the pieces of that.
1: Well, the major component is a, a 10 year period of time at which if somebody comes forward, Obviously, they have to come forward, which is one of the big problems right now. Where are these 10, 10, 12, what, you know, however many of them are. They have to come forward and enter what's called the Dignity Program. And then if they enter the Dignity Program, they sign up for a 10-year program where they must um, not have any criminal violations. They pay their taxes. Not only do they pay all their normal taxes, they, they pay a 2% surcharge. In addition, that goes to fund border security. Mm. Uh, and then over a 10-year period of time, they will pay that 2% of all their wages plus Um, $10,000. They must be employed during that period of time, must obey all the laws. And then at that point, during that period of time, they get what would be best people would understand is, let's say, a worker's visa during that period of time. At the end of that 10-year period of time, and by the way, you also during that 10 years, you are eligible for zero government benefits. So no um, no Medicare, no uh, welfare uh, during that period of time, no free riders during that period of time. And then they enter at the end of that into another program that goes for five years where um, it it changes a few elements. But they must go through that next five-year plan. Now they've paid their $10,000 fine. They continue to pay that 2% uh, fee. And then at the end of that 15-year period, they can now go to the end of the line. Nobody gets to the front of the line. Now after that, they've done their redemption. They can go to the end of the line and start that uh, process to become a U.S.
0: citizen. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I don't know why that makes so much sense, but it makes it makes a lot of sense because it, it, I think it incorporates all the, the best of America. And it, and it balances so often we look at mercy and justice as these incompatible things. And, and yet that is the heart and soul of the nation and the republic is that we can balance those things that that rule of law and mercy and compassion uh, both have have their play. Uh, I know you've been. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, sir.
1: I was just going to say, and and we do it in every other aspect of the law. Yes. That's what makes makes (laughs) our legal system so great.
0: We're going to continue our conversation with Congressman John Curtis and the Dignity Act. Uh, I think there are so many components in there that do just make sense. This is not some sort of sweeping amnesty kind of bill. Uh, This is a 15 year process. And I think there are so many provisions in there that are worth digging into uh, just a little bit deeper uh, to understand what they mean and what it will take in terms of leadership in Congress to actually get this across the line and solve something that almost every American believes we have to get right uh, and what is actually best for the country. So we'll continue that conversation. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news and we'll talk about the Dignity Act how could immigration reform actually help solve the worker shorters and be good for the economy and American workers? We'll talk to John Kurz about that part of the program coming up next. Inside sources.
1: Inside sources.
0: Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM. AM. Continuing the conversation I had earlier today with Utah Congressman John Curtis on the Dignity Act. The Dignity Act is a new bill uh, that could address many of the U.S. immigration issues that we just perpetually have in a very broken system. It is one of those pieces of legislation that is on the next horizon, and I really hope that it sparks a conversation for everyone in Washington right now. Next is now. As part of your work with this, obviously this is a bipartisan effort, uh, and it's also an extraordinary coalition. You've brought together American business leaders, agriculture, farming, faith-based community, uh, immigration reform groups, border security experts. So you've really brought together uh, all the key players, I think, in a way that hasn't been done with a lot of the previous attempts uh, to tackle this. And so I want to get into to one other part of Uh, this legislation. And that is just the impact uh, on the American workforce and economy, because Mm -hmm. I think you've incorporated some really unique components there that will be really great for American workers for the economy. Again, really lifting uh, all boats there.
1: Right. So I was at a farm yesterday here in my district. And of course, you know what I heard. (laughs) We can't get workers.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: And And every business I go to, right, and I mean, you name it, whether it's our ski resorts, our our ski resorts literally are not opening all of their runs because they don't have workers to run the lifts. And um, it's just a huge problem. And so um, clearly, I think one of the most frustrating things to me since I've been in Congress is our inability to match this tremendous need with a tremendous resource that is willing to come and and fill that need. And and this, this bill does that. And, uh, you know, interestingly, too, it, it, some people would be well, worried about, well, are we taking away American jobs? You know, that $10,000 fine that we're required to pay goes into a, a U.S. worker trainers program to be training U.S. workers. And so right, I really think we've touched all bases on, on a healthy uh, immigration plan that, that is good for our country all around.
0: Yeah. And then just bringing it full circle, you we we opened talking a little bit about border security and enforcement. And I know you really incorporated this as as part of this comprehensive package.
1: Exactly. And, and by the way, you know, that 10 year wait that we talked about, nobody could move to that next five year period until we've checked the boxes on border security. Mm-hmm. And so by border security, what, what this bill does is it employs the latest technologies of cameras and radars and drones and everything to secure our border it finishes out uh, all the previous contracts on, on, the, on the border uh, security and um, really, really paints a very, very important uh, picture of how we secure that border. So uh, that the, the, I, some people call it a wall. I like to call it a gate, right, so that we open up that gate. We let the people in that should be coming in, that we want to come in. And we close the gate to those that aren't criminals and drug dealers. And right now we have this terrible problem with fentanyl coming across the border. It allows us to control all of that. And um actually financed, ironically, by that 2% of, of uh, income that we take during that 10-year period of time. Uh, to do all that. So there's no cost to the American taxpayer.
0: Fascinating. Uh, I know you've uh, taken kind of the the five pillars uh, looking at the back to the Utah compact. So this is another good Utah model uh, to the country, I think uh, in terms of looking at the federal solutions, law enforcement, families, economy, uh, and free society. Uh, so, have you, as you have shared this with your colleagues and with this uh, coalition uh, back there in Washington, what has the response been? And uh, what are some of the things that you think have made this different—a different conversation uh, than previous attempts at immigration and and
1: border? Yes, you mentioned the number of groups that are supportive of this, so that's important. I will also tell you, it has the support of the Republican leadership, um, which you know. I'm not going to make any uh, forecast, but just maybe in the majority next year. And it has their support, which is so critical. I, I think something we've missed in the past is supportive leadership as these efforts have come up, something that they'll actually bring to the floor for a vote. And so I would just pointed out that as one major component that we've been missing in the past that this bill includes.
0: Yeah. And as you've gone through this process, uh, representative curtis, is there is there anything that has surprised you this time around or something that you've learned uh, in this in this phase of it that uh, again has been different uh, from from the past?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I know this is a topic you've wrestled with, and many many people have wrestled with. Do we break this down into smaller bills? do we do we do we try to do this in one large bill? And I think um, I'm constantly surprised at, at, at the um, difficulty of the task. And I'm also constantly surprised at the number of people that say they're in, but then try to undermine uh, the efforts as you go forward and, and really are not really serious about a, an overall comprehensive reform. And it just is everywhere, I go in the district. I just hear top to bottom, like I say right to left, a, a real almost disgust in Congress that we, that we can't fix this.
0: Yeah, this is one of the things that I think everybody is united in. We need to solve this. Uh, And now if we can get the the right willpower uh, to go with the skill power that I think in what you've brought together. Uh, Again, John Curtis joining us today. The Dignity Act uh, and really built around these three core principles of providing a dignified solution for immigrants living in America, strengthening the American workforce and economy, and stopping illegal immigration. Uh, Congressman, I think you've got the right pillars in place. I think you've built the right coalition. Uh, we look forward to seeing how this plays out uh, in Congress and gains momentum. I think this has some real solutions that everybody should be able to get behind.
1: Thanks, Boyd. Thanks for giving me this opportunity.
0: All right. Again, that's Representative John Curtis joining us today. This is important work, uh, and this is one that you have to go past the headlines and the talking points. There's real substance in this bill uh, that is worth uh, a good, close-look, rigorous debate. Uh, and uh, a good showing in the United States Congress. So as we wind out that conversation with Representative uh, John Curtis, uh, the Dignity Act, uh, again, this was written in consultation with American business leaders, agriculture and farming industries, the faith-based community, immigration reform groups, and border border security experts. So it really brought everyone all together together, And this is one of those that I hope it gets a fair shake and a fair hearing. Are there things in there that are going to need to be tweaked and adjusted? Of course. But let's have the conversation once and for all. Let's have the conversation and start to deal with it. And I just I love the fact that a lot of this is based on kind of that Utah model in terms of where Utah has been. But I think there's this underlying theme that I think is is likewise important. And I loved how the congressman pointed this out. In introducing the Dignity Act, uh, it does secure the border. It provides a dignified solution to immigrants in the United States, and it supports American workers. and And then his framing of that—that that yes, the United States of America is a nation of laws, and and we are a nation of second chances. I believe the American story is a redemption story. It is the second chances. And immigration law is one area where we don't have the path to redemption or to a second chance. And I think this begins that discussion. And I hope that uh, discussion continues with colleagues in the House and on over to the Senate. Uh, This is a conversation we should be having Everywhere in our states, and we definitely should be having it back in the halls of Congress uh, because everyone agrees that the immigration system is broken and it needs to be fixed. And my only question about it is not if there is the skill power to deal with this, not if there is the right balance to be made in terms of rule of law and compassion and redemption. My question is political willpower. And do we have leaders who will set the partisanship aside, set the elections aside, set the fundraising aside, and have an important conversation that will impact the future of the country? We have to be able to get to that. We're going to step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, of course, we're rolling into Super Bowl weekend. And, of course, all eyes are usually not on the game, but on the commercials. We're going to go to a lesson from a previous Super Bowl commercial that I think has the answer for our problems today. Stick with us on KSL News Radio.
1: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985.